0: Before we start the show, I want to encourage you to check out Talk Easy, a weekly interview podcast from Pushkin. Each week, host Sam Fragoso invites writers, actors, and musicians to slow down, share how they got to where they are now, and where they hope to go next. And most importantly, Sam often features poets on the show, including recent interviews with Nikki Giovanni and Margaret Atwood. Stick around after this episode for a short clip from one of my favorite Talk Easy interviews with the poet Ocean Vuong. Don't attempt to understand the modern poem. Listen to it. This is Interesting People Reading Poetry. And it should be heard. A show where artists and luminaries read a favorite poem and share what it means to them. (laughs) I'm Brendan Sturmer. In other words, if it ain't a pleasure, it ain't a poem. In this episode, Theo Padnos reads The Drunken Boat by Arthur Rambeau. Padnos is an American journalist who, in 2012, was kidnapped and held captive for two years by an Al-Qaeda affiliate in Syria. His new book about the experience, Blindfold, a memoir of capture, torture, and enlightenment, was described in the Atlantic as the best of the genre, profound, poetic, and sorrowful. Arthur Rambeau was a French poet born in 1854. He composed The Drunken Boat when he was just 16 years old, and he stopped writing poetry altogether in his early 20s. The poem is quite long in its entirety, and Padnos read just the first few stanzas, from an English translation by Wallace Fowley. You can find a link to the full poem at our website, interestingpeoplereadingpoetry.com. And just a heads up, this episode includes profanity and descriptions of torture.
1: My name is Theo Padnos, I am a journalist and a writer, and I was held uh, prisoner in Syria for two years by Jabhat al-Nusra, which is the Al-Qaeda affiliate in Syria. So the poem I'm going to read is called The Drunken Boat by a French poet called Arthur Rimbaud. As I was going down impassive rivers, I no longer felt myself guided by haulers. Yelping redskins had taken them as targets and had nailed them naked to colored stakes. I was indifferent to all crews, the bearer of Flemish wheat or English cottons. When, with my haulers, this uproar stopped, the rivers let me go where I wanted. Into the furious lashing of the tides, more heedless than children's brains the other winter, I ran and lucent peninsulas have not undergone a more triumphant hubbub. The storm blessed my sea vigils, lighter than a cork I danced on the waves that are called eternal rollers of victims, ten nights without missing the stupid eye of the lighthouses. Sweeter than the flesh of hard apples is to children, the green water penetrated my hull of fur and washed me with spots of blue wine and vomit, scattering rudder and grappling hook. And from then on I bathed in the poem of the sea, infused with stars and lactescent, devouring the azure verses, where, like a pale, elated piece of flotsam, a pensive, drowned figure sometimes sinks. The interesting thing about this poem is that it is it is written out in a very formal, classical French structure of, um, there's a hundred lines, there's 25 quatrains, and, um, there's a rhyme scheme, A, B, A, B, but the subject of the poem is like a derangement of the senses, is what he, it's, it's about going wild, it's about losing control and submitting oneself, um, to like these tempestuous forces in nature. So it's a it's about like an orgy of the senses and completely abandoning control in a rhythm and a and a rhyme scheme that is very controlled. So it has that tension. And for me, it, the significance of this poem for me is that it describes my experience as a prisoner of a quasi-Islamic State in northern Syria. As I was going down impassive rivers, I no longer felt myself guided by haulers. Yelping redskins had taken them as targets and had nailed them naked to colored stakes. I was indifferent to all crews, the bearer of Flemish wheat or English cottons, when, with my haulers, this uproar stopped. The rivers let me go where I wanted. I'm sure I encountered this uh, poem in college, and um, I was a lazy college kid, and I'm sure I didn't pay very close attention to it, but some image of it stuck in my mind, Um, and it came back to me um, at some point, I'm sure early on in my imprisonment in Syria. Um, The reason why it came back to me is because during, like, my second night of captivity in Syria, um, my captors, they didn't quite nail me to a... Post, but they they handcuffed me to this post and I had to spend the entire night like handcuffed to this post as these men stood around me pointing guns at me and and um, they had like this uh, a BB gun or an air gun or maybe both and they kept firing this air gun into my face and my my chest and they were like um, you know, there there was. I had to stand at this post all night long as these men shrieked at me and like pretended to stab me and held a knife to my throat and basically inflicted a kind of psychological torture. And as a prisoner of of um, this caliphate, this quasi-Islamic state, they don't tell you where you are, what what their individual names are, what the name of the group is, what they're gonna do with you, why they arrested you. You know, you just, you don't know what day it is. I, right away, because of the violence that they inflicted on me, I, I lost track of time. So I didn't, um, you know, I was a little bit like the drunken boat in the poem, and that I just submitted myself to the currents of things, like whatever they wanted to do with me. I was a body, and they had total control over my physical self, and they could do with me what they wanted to, and they did. Into the furious lashing of the tides, more heedless than children's brains the other winter, I ran, and loosened peninsulas have not undergone a more triumphant hubbub. I really needed company in my cell. I was alone a lot, especially the first three months. I was totally by myself all the time. So um, I'm like, how? I need to learn something. I need to keep my mind busy. And I tried to remember poems I had memorized as a kid or in college or during the course of my life. But when you recite, like, um, went to the sessions of sweet, silent thought, I summon up remembrance of things past. It's like who, who the fuck gives a shit when you're in the Islamic State prison about about um, the sessions of sweet silent thought. It just has no relevance, you know. I needed a poem that was going to inform me about what my my regular everyday life. I I used I I wanted poetry because I felt that these poets um, might be able to give me some guidance or understanding of what was going on. I knew the reporters weren't going to do it, but I thought perhaps like a a novelist or a poet has seen further into the weird aspects of humankind and knows what I'm going through. I was so lost and so disoriented that I was searching through like the fragments of poetry in my head to get an understanding of my contemporary reality. This is The Drunken Boat by Arthur Rimbaud. As I was going down impassive rivers, I no longer felt myself guided by haulers. Yelping redskins had taken them as targets and had nailed them naked to colored stakes. I was indifferent to all crews, the bearer of Flemish wheat, of English cottons. When with my haulers, this uproar stopped, the rivers let me go where I wanted. Into the furious lashing of the tides, more heedless than children's brains the other winter, I ran, and loosened peninsulas have not undergone a more triumphant hubbub. The storm blessed my sea vigils. Lighter than a cork I danced on the waves that are called eternal rulers of victims, ten nights without missing the stupid eye of the lighthouses. Sweeter than the flesh of hard apples is to children the green water penetrated my hull of fur, and washed me with spots of blue wine and vomit scattering rudder and grappling hook and from then on i bathe in the poem of the sea infused with stars and lactescent devouring the azure verses where like a pale elated piece of flotsam a pensive drowned figure sometimes sinks
0: Drunken Boat by Arthur Rambeau, translated by Wallace Fowley, appears in Rambeau, the complete works and selected letters, published by University of Chicago Press. Find a link to the book, along with a link to Blindfold, by Theo Padnos, at interestingpeoplereadingpoetry.com. Interesting People Reading Poetry is an independent podcast, co-created by me and my brother Andy Sturmer, who composes all of our music. If you like the show, help us out by subscribing on Radio Public, iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher and leaving a review. As always, we invite you to call the Haiku Hotline at 612-440-0643 with your short poems and poetic musings. For the occasional prompt, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Haiku Hotline. Thanks so much for listening.
1: The dead cat sits by the side of the road, practicing silence.
0: And now, here's a short clip from a podcast I recommend called Talk Easy. You'll hear the poet Ocean Vuong share his thoughts on anger and how it relates to his creative process. I hope you'll seek out the full episode and explore more of the Talk Easy catalog wherever you get your podcasts. I'm interested in when you're done with anger, when your anger was curtailed and redirected or allowed to diffuse without manifestation. That's such an interesting thing to me. Not suppress it or to be ashamed of it, but to feel it and allow it to do nothing on you, to let it enter and leave like a poison. It is. And then when you're on the floor, when you got to catch your breath and you say, I got to feed my cat, I have to pay the bills. I have to answer the emails. I have to teach my students. I have to put on a shirt. How do I care for myself in order to get up off the floor? And I think at my best, I live and make art out of that position, which is an aftermath of anger and the precedence to joy. Joy might be very far from getting up off the floor, but you need to get off the floor to get there.